apps can do a lot of cool things. You could order dinner, gamble on your favorite team, and track your health. You could even get a mortgage. One click and you can be approved. I'm not sure by who or what country they're in. You deserve more from the mortgage industry. At AnyMac Home Mortgage, we believe in the need for live human interaction during a very complex process. The kind of service and guidance which an app simply can't provide. Our customers are more than credit scores and income documents. They're individuals and families who live in and strengthen our communities. Their story is our story, and that story begins in a home. Chris Sawyer is an expert on providing superior customer service and in meeting the mortgage needs of current and future home buyers. With over 18 years of experience in the industry, Chris is able to help customers migrate through the home buying and home financing process by using his wealth of knowledge as a well-qualified mortgage professional. And best of all, Chris is located in Cromwell, Connecticut, where he has helped hundreds of clients in Connecticut, Massachusetts, and Rhode Island make their dreams of homeownership a reality. Visit chrissawyer.annie-mac.com, email him at csawyer at annie-mac.com, or give him a call, 860-878-8730. Chris Sawyer, NMLS number 39345, corporate NMLS number 338923, Home Mortgage, and equal housing lender. American Neighborhood Mortgage Acceptance Company, LLC, DBA, Mac Home Mortgage, Lo-Fi Direct, Connecticut First Mortgage Correspondent, License Lender, Broker Number, ML 338923, Massachusetts Mortgage Lender, and Mortgage Broker License Number, MC 338923, Rhode Island License Lender, License Number 20112810L. Call for additional details. Throwing jabs, always full sand. Here we go again. Jared, Joe, and Jay's Clover Crest, top three corner man. Punching in with a punch's chance. We find a way to win. The main event, lock it in. Every Saturday at 10, the overhand is out of hand. When it comes to fist of cuffs, slide a hand on the undercard. You'll never see the punch. Uppercut, got you missing wave. Feet are stepping late. Keep your guard up, feeling faint from a faint. Take a stand and eighth, then retaliate. Put up your duke, stick and move. Bob and wave, don't lose hope against the ropes. There's always an escape. Never stay down. One more round, bells ringing, counter punch with your chin tucked and go down swinging we bringing crosses with no worship hooks with no verses combinations with no locks when you feel the flurry of curtains from scrub scraps to fight stats relax if you want the facts because the best combat podcast is throwing jabs Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Throwing Jabs Combat Sports Podcast. I'm Big Jace, joined by Joe Aguirre and Jared Jones, as always. We got a big, big UFC pay-per-view tonight, and we'll get to that. And we also got an interesting who you got based off current events going on right now. Stay tuned for that. Let's first kick it off. Recap. Matthias Gamrot takes the unanimous decision over Armand Suzuki and Jared, if I put you to sleep. Was that? Yeah, I was waiting for somebody to go to sleep. Didn't know it was going to be me. Um, very close fight. I would have liked to see uh, one of these guys do more. It wasn't as bad as Carla and Thug Rose. But when the fight is that close, don't you push? Aren't there a few more explosions to look like you won? I didn't. I wasn't terribly impressed with either guy. I think these are above-average fighters, but not main event material. Good, not great. Yeah, uh, Joe. Where do they go from here? Can Can Gamrot get into the title picture, or well, Gam Gamrot uh, called out Justin Gaethje after the fight, which 
Uh, I don't know. That's biting off more than you can chew. You know, I don't know that he's. Um, I don't know that he's earned his way that high just yet. Uh, this fight really bored me. I I watched it. I actually watched it this morning because uh, when I watched it Saturday, I wasn't really paying attention. I had some things going on and it was on, and I just assumed uh, that uh, Sarukian won the fight. And then at the end, I saw he didn't, and I was like, well, I noticed a few times Gamrod had him. Down. And I rewatched the fight this morning, knowing the result. And and you know that third round was the difference. Gamrot definitely had him in the fourth and fifth round. And uh, Sarukian, he looked like the beaten up and defeated fighter. It was his first, you know, fifth round fight. And it but did showed. you have it three two? That said, did you have it three two? Um. I so I I maybe thought again watching it watching it the first time I thought I thought Sarukian was up, but I wasn't closely watching it. But again, watching it knowing the difference, um, you had to give Gamrot the third round or Sarukian won. It's as simple as that. Uh, and so watching watching it that way, I kind of get it. I I didn't have a real big problem with it. Sarukian's a great striker, great kicks. Gamrot ate everything, and at no point did that guy look phased by anything Sarukian threw at him, I thought. This fight is the problem with our scoring system. Because I had, well, assuming you scored it like I did, three to two. Uh, Sarukian. Um so, but the but Gamera won the fight. They were having a fight, and at the end of the fight, I saw who won. My scorecard said three rounds to two the other guy. It doesn't make sense. I think the UFC should take a page out of the book of the PFL. They've got that fighter performance rating. They do playoffs. PFL is doing a bunch of other things that really the ghost cam, all of them ought to be coming into the UFC. All of them. They're, they're really, really good ideas that I don't understand why they're not being instituted in other ways. And last night was actually one of the first times that the FBR got a different guy than I did in the uh, Cy versus McDonald fight. That was the first time the numbers, and they were like 29 to 22 out of 100. So there was very little happening. Um, Rory was just trying to control the time, push him up against the cage, and Side did a little bit better striking. But uh, yeah, not, don't go back and rewatch that. It's just another issue with the, with the scoring system. This, this doesn't make sense because I looked at my scorecard and said, this is... Uh, this is the wrong guy. So how do I think one guy won the fight and I'm scoring it for the other guy winning the fight? I just filled out my officials uh, certificate for USA Boxing. So that's a legitimate question. What do I do when my scorecard says the other guy than I think won the fight? It's, it's a scoring problem. It's a problem in the fight game. Gamera won the fight. It was a fight. He won. 
Yeah, but I mean, would you have been surprised if it was a split decision for Gamera? No, obviously not. No, even if it went the other way, like I said, I scored it the other way. I didn't. Yeah. So I, I think, yeah, I, I mean, you, you could have gone it any way. I, I think uh, either way, it, it just does come down. I think the ground game really is what gave Gamera the edge there. Being able to take it to the ground, but uh, well, yeah, and listen, if Sarukian's uh, a wrestler by trade, uh, he yeah. got greatly out wrestled, and uh, you know, he did talk after the fight about going back to the drawing board a little bit. Um, he looked terrible on the ground. Gamrot was one every time they scramble everything. It was he's a really good wrestler. The problem with Gamra, as far as I could see, is that he, he doesn't he really doesn't generate enough offense. Yeah. Not enough volume from either guy. And to be fair, uh Sarukian, same problem as Qatar with a with a different with a different color on it. You know, you've got uh you've got the wrestler that's being out wrestled by the non-wrestler and a boxer who's being outboxed by the non-boxer. How far can you get if your go-to, if your trump card is not good enough for kind of an above average guy at that. You can't do it. This is it. If there's a guy here, it's camera. If there is one that's going to move on, it's camera. And that's who I thought won the fight. My scorecard said something different. And that's it's the UFC's issue, honestly. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, not even, I mean, PFL is doing great things, but I mean, MMA in general, I mean, even boxing. Judging is always going to be an issue. But, uh, well, the thing with the FPRs, it's it's real math. It's an algorithm. They've got miles per hour for the strikes and the connect percentage, and then uh, they equate that to a number. And you can watch during the round as the guys are landing and and grappling. You know, uh, again, just on the actual scores, all three judges, 48-47, I'll say when I heard that, I expected Sarukian's hand to be raised because I there was no way all three judges all gave Gamrot the third round. And again, I'm watching this already knowing what happened at this point. Uh, and I was still surprised. I mean, again, just Gamrot won the fight. <laughs> did not win. He probably didn't win three rounds. And I'm shocked that all three judges... Saw him winning all three rounds. I did the same thing. 48-47 has to be Saruki. Yeah, I did the same thing. Yeah, but uh, maybe one of those I'm okay with, but all three would have had to give him the third. Yeah, Yeah, but uh, uh, honestly, though, this was maybe main event, like a prelim to this. It's rough, but it's building up for a big one this weekend. The, these guys, they did great. They went out there, but they should be aborted from the main event scene. Now, uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll get a little bit into that. But first, let's hear a word from one of our sponsors. There's no bigger investment than home ownership. And to make sure the house is up to your standards, you need a professional to look it over. Brian Flanagan from Shamrock Home Inspections is a licensed home inspector and a member of the Connecticut Association of Home Inspectors. Brian was a contractor for over 15 years, so he knows how homes should be constructed and how mechanicals should work. What makes me a good home inspector was the 20 years that I was a home improvement person doing 
all the different repairs that I have done and what other people have done wrong that I had to go out and fix. So I have a pretty quick eye on seeing what's right and what's wrong. Before you move, call Shamrock Home Inspections. Before you make the biggest investment of your life, call Brian Flanagan from Shamrock Home Inspections at 860-268-2566 or visit shamrockhomeinspectionct.com. All right, big shout out to Shamrock Home Inspections for sponsoring today's episode. Now, uh, you got Gamera and Sarukian. Like I said, they should be aborted from main event scene. But what fighters should be aborted from the fight game? What fighters are hurting it? What fighters uh, not really bringing anything new to the table? Joe, who you got? Uh, so I, 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 my list is a little bit, uh, I don't know how to explain this. I picked two people based on their records who are actual fighters. Uh, one being Ashley Yoder, who's eight and eight. What purpose does she serve? You're not a very good fighter. And the other one's the American bad boy, Charlie Ontiveros, who's 11 and eight. Who? Yeah. He fights. (laughs) I mean, again, it's, you know, at some point, like, I know everyone can't be undefeated, but you got to win. You got to win a lot more than that. Uh, Nate Diaz can go. I'm all set with big Nate. Donald Cerrone has to go. It's over. And Jerzinio Rosenstrike, there's multiple versions of him that are way better. You don't need that guy taking up a roster space. Cannonio, Blades. Lewis, yeah, agreed. Like All but Nate. I'll watch Nate fight into his 50s. I don't give a damn. He want to be on a Tyson undercard. When he's he got to win some so fights. I'm in. <laughs> Go fight All Jake he, Paul. Come up to All 65 he, and fight Jake Paul, Nate. All Nate does is lose these days. That's all Where he's been doing, and it's tiring. I love Nate Diaz. Yeah. I really do. I watch all But is he a shot at Cerrone? You've got Cerrone on that list. Is he that? Far gone? Yes, another guy who gets uh-huh. beat up every time out. I don't want to watch that anymore. I, I again, dude, I'll watch some vintage Diaz fights or or some Donald Cerrone. Uh, For days, yeah. I don't want to watch them fight anymore. It, yeah. it hurts my heart to watch them. It was like watching oh, Anderson sure. Silva get beat up by all sorts of people at the end of his career. Put a stop to the madness. Oh, Tyson and McBride. If I can't beat this guy, I'm just, just disrespecting the game if I keep doing it. Yeah. yeah. He was right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jared, who you got? Um, I got some bigger names and a shocker. Uh, so Floyd Mayweather, you can go. Are we done here? Like, stop. Just stop. It'll it'll be Gina Carano next or something. We're just we're just acting crazy. Just stop, Conor McGregor. Please stop. I'm done with that too. John Jones. We have been hyping nothing for years. Go away. And one more that I don't think is going to make anybody else's list, and probably isn't a probably is a little bit mean. Uh, Shakur Stevenson. I'm all set with Shakur Stevenson. He's not as good as he's as he's being. See, Tank. I'm on the overrated train with Tank Davis, too, but I want to see that. 
Shakur is just going to get up to that level where he's close, and then he's going to go away. It's, uh, yeah, I don't like Shakur Stevenson being ranked where he is, having his, the, the position, he doesn't belong there. He's completely out of place. And if he disappeared, not off the planet, I'm not that guy, but out of the fight game, okay, I'm all right with it. Shakur Stevenson, he's, he's got some waking up to do. He's living in a false reality. <laughs> Teaser for the flurry. <laughs> you know, um, wait again, Jace. Uh, another one of these who you gots that had really no, no parameters here, right? There was yeah. no restrictions. There was no directions. Just who should be aborted from the fight game? But I thought, because I love the idea of McGregor and of Mayweather. Um, being aborted from the fight game but you need those guys you can't they serve a purpose just like just like jake paul who didn't make anybody's list because he's serving that purpose that these other professionals that work their way up in the fight game with a completely different path to get there jake paul's doing that we don't need floyd mayweather doing that you're you're disrespecting the yeah, no, game I, and your history with that, Jake. I Paul, don't. Uh, I did Jake I, Paul now. If if you didn't consider Jake Paul in this list, I, then I you're not being it. diligent. But I didn't put him on there because he serves that purpose that the McGregor's and the Floyd's are trying to go and serve, and that doesn't make sense from where they are to go serve this sideshow purpose. You're the best in the boxing game. You're the best in the MMA game, and you're fighting at that level. Or follow Rousey into WWE, guys. I, I guess what fighting. I'm Logan Paul did. I guess what I'm saying is, I didn't know if these were fighters who were wanted or unwanted, as in from the standpoint of performance-wise. Like they're, uh, they're, that's what I thought. The unwanted fighters, and that's why we were going to abort them. Yeah. I mean, wanted or want, unwanted, it can it can happen, you know. Yeah, well, because I mean, every fighter, every fighter serves a purpose, you know, yeah. in the grand scheme of things. But sometimes, you know, when their careers are off to a poor and fledgling start, sometimes it's best to nip it in the bud, you know, before yeah. their career gets out of hand and goes off the rails, a la John Jones. Yeah. All right. Uh... For me, I mean, you guys mentioned them already. Cerrone, McGregor, I had those guys. I had Jake Paul. I mean, he's not doing any. It's it's a sideshow. People talk about the fight game and bring up Jake Paul. It's not it's not the fight game. It's WWE. Follow Logan. Go go join the WWE. Sign a deal there because it's sports entertainment, not sports. At that point, and then along the same lines as you, Jared, with the Shakur Stevenson. As far as boxing goes, I have Tank Davis, Ryan Garcia. Fight someone real. Prove that you belong. If not, get the hell out. Get out of the way. How about Bob Arum? Can we put him on this list? Yes. A guy guy who doesn't know how to promote a fighter in 2022. Uh, You know who's grown on me? The other guy there has grown on me. Um, He actually called, called a fight with Jake Paul. Eddie Hearn. Yeah, yeah. I invited him to fight me on one show, and he can stay. <laughs> I've decided the jury's out for now on Eddie Hearn. Yeah. All right. 
That, that's a solid list. But uh, yeah. So I, I, there's a lot of issues with the fight game. So hopefully they can. I mean, we, we talked about judging already on this show with, with the first fight. Now there's fighters that don't belong all, all over the place. So a lot of, a lot of issues. I think Ryan Garcia just needs to stick to being an in, yeah Instagram influencer. Doesn't have the skill or drive to dominate a world champion. To be Where honest. his true talents can really shine, Tony. Yeah. Yeah. Just showing up. <laughs> yeah. So like a YouTube too. I mean, it, good for him. But I mean, he should fight Jake Paul at that point. I mean, I know the size difference, but YouTuber versus YouTuber at that point, you know. Mm. But uh, I let's talk about some real fights. Got a big, big. Double title fight, UFC 276 tonight. But first, let's hear another word from one of our sponsors. We can expect another wet summer in Connecticut, and that means more mosquitoes than ever. If you don't have your home service for mosquito control and you find you're spending most of your outside time swatting those little pests, or you did have your yard sprayed but you still have bites all over your body, you're in luck. Mosquito Shield of Central Connecticut provides the best value in mosquito control services because of how they treat your yard using the Mosquito Shield tailored treatment system. All mosquito control service is not the same. They don't use a fixed schedule or an identical product, one size fits all service program. You can't control mosquitoes on a set number of sprays or visits. Unlike the competition, Mosquito Shield of Central Connecticut will service you for the season whatever it takes to provide superior results. The Promise has awarded them an industry-leading customer retention rating of 90%. Visit MosquitoShieldCNCT.com to schedule an appointment with Wade DeCesare and enjoy the rest of the summer mosquito-free. Saturday night, the UFC returns to the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas for UFC 276, featuring a co-main event trilogy bout between UFC featherweight champion Alexander Volkanovsky and former champion Max Holloway. Let's break it down. Max Holloway is 30 years old. He's 5'11 with a 69-inch reach and a record of 23-6 and with 10 knockouts and two submissions. From Wanahati, Hawaii, Holloway came from a broken home, which was played by drug abuse and took up kickboxing at the age of 15. He graduated high school in 2010 and made his MMA debut three months later with a unanimous decision. Then won his next three before becoming the youngest fighter on the UFC roster when he took on Dustin Poirier as a last-minute replacement, losing via triangle armbar in the first round. He then won his next three before dropping a controversial split decision to Dennis Bermudez in 2013, with all 11 media outlets covering the fight, scoring it for him, and three months later lost a unanimous decision to future superstar Conor McGregor. He bounced back the following year, winning all four fights by stoppage. And after defeating UFC mainstay Cub Swanson via guillotine choke, he beat future lightweight champion Charles Oliveira by first-round knockout when the Brazilian suffered a rare micro-tear in his esophagus while defending a takedown. He followed those victories up with dominant wins over Jeremy Stevens and Ricardo Lamas to put him in line to fight Anthony Pettis for the interim featherweight title, which he won in the third round with a body kick followed by 16 unanswered punches. On June 3rd, 2017, he unified the title when he defeated UFC legend Jose Aldo by stoppage and six months later repeated that feat with another third-round knockout of the King of Rio. 
After a prolonged layoff due to injuries and weight-cutting issues, he returned on December 8, 2018, when he faced fast-rising prospect Brian Ortega, putting on a brilliant display of skills and stopping T-City in the fourth round after giving him a hellacious beating, which saw Holloway break the record for strikes landed in a single round as well as in one fight. The following year, he moved up to lightweight to challenge interim champion Dustin Poirier, losing the back-and-forth brawl by decision, but three months later returned to featherweight, successfully defending his title with a decision over Frankie Edgar. In his fourth title defense, his reign finally came to an end when he was defeated by Alexander Volkanovsky, who used leg kicks to nullify Holloway's offense and seven months later dropped a second, closer, and more controversial decision in the rematch. On January 16, 2021, he fought number five contender Kelvin Qatar, putting on an absolute masterclass, dominating all five rounds, taunting his adversary as he effortlessly dodged his punches and shattered all of his own records for strikes landed in a single fight. Ten months later, he took on top contender Yair Rodriguez in an epic slugfest that pushed both men to the brink, with Holloway outlanding his opponent 230-159 to en route to a close unanimous decision. Possibly the greatest striker in MMA history, Holloway has an unparalleled ability to create openings and attack from different angles, using an unsurpassed feint game to throw off his opponents and then overwhelm them with volume, landing at a rate of nearly 7.4 per minute. He also possesses an iron jaw, being the only fighter in UFC history to have over 25 fights without ever having been knocked off his feet. Alexander Volkanovsky is 33 years old. He's 5'6", with his 71-inch reach and a record of 24-1 with 12 knockouts and three submissions. From New South Wales, Australia, Volkanovsky took up Greco-Roman wrestling at a young age and went on to win a national title at the age of 12, though he gave up the sport in his teens to pursue a career in rugby. After a successful run of the semi-pro leagues where he weighed upwards of 215 pounds, he decided at the age of 23 to take up MMA, going 4-0 as an amateur in the middleweight division before turning pro in May of 2012 with a unanimous decision over Gerhard Voigt. He won his next two by TKO in the welterweight division before getting stopped with a head kick followed by grounded pound. He won his next 10 with nine stoppages before making his UFC debut in November of 2016 with a second-round knockout of Yasuki Kasuya. Seven months later, it dropped out of the featherweight division, defeating Mizuto Harota, and followed that up with decisions over Shane Young and Darren Elkins, as well as a brutal TKO over Jeremy Kennedy. On December 29, 2018, he took part in an exciting brawl with Chad Mendez, getting taken down multiple times before catching Mendez with a left to the body and a right to the head to score a second-round knockout. He continued his rise to the top with an impressive and dominant victory over all-time great Jose Aldo. In December of 2019, he took on Max Holloway for the featherweight title, dethroning the champion with a highly tactical game plan that consisted of relentlessly attacking his legs while landing counter-strikes in the pocket. Seven months later, he won the rematch with a closer and contested split decision. On September 25, 2021, he took on the extremely dangerous Brian Ortega, surviving several submission attempts while overwhelming T-City with powerful blows, outlanding him 214 at 88 and route to a unanimous decision in an all-time classic. And seven months later, dominated longtime contender Chan Sung Jung stopping the Korean zombie in the fourth round with a brutal four-punch combination. A highly tactical, high-volume pressure fighter, Volkanovsky possesses an impressive ring IQ, showing the ability to adapt his game plan and grind down his opponents with his stamina and explosiveness. 
in the third and final chapter of one of the greatest trilogies in UFC history. Will Holloway's high volume and slick boxing be enough to settle the score? Or will the durability and counter-striking of Alexander the Great make it 3-0 as both men try to cement their legacy as the greatest featherweight of all time? Tune in Saturday night to UFC 276, and let's find out. All right, Joe. Does the story end here, or could this be a five-part saga? I mean, I love Max Holloway so much, dude, but I don't know. I just, I, I feel like Volkanovsky is getting better. Is He's a better fighter than he was. And I don't know. I mean, Max is going to bang it out with him. Volkanovsky just finds a way. I, I, I don't know. It, he's a He's a tough customer. He really is. I wanted this fight to happen. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, Max Holloway, despite the first two going 10, said this one doesn't, you know, this one's not going to last long. He doesn't, he don't think this one's going very long. So who knows? But I don't know. Alexander Volkanovsky right now, I think, is one of the best pound for pound fighters in the world. Obviously, put my hair on the line with this guy before. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I just, I, as much as I would love to see Holloway win this one and for there to be at least a fourth fight, I suspect Volkanovski wins again. All right, Jared. I think he's making a mistake. I really think he's making a mistake here, Volkanovski, fighting Holloway a third time. I think he's the best guy in the division. He's won 21 straight, and he would beat anybody. Um, that said, let's say I could fight him eight, nine, ten times without getting injured. Of course, I'd have 386 injuries at the end of that. But just just say for the sake of argument, when am I going to do best? The last one. The more I get to know him, the better I'm going to do. The only way, the only scenario I see Volkanovsky losing in this area of his life is fighting the same guy over and over. If Khabib and Oliveira fight three, four times, can Oliveira get one of those? Is he the better guy? No. But can he make the adjustments? Can he, with that layoff between fights, can he train the things that he wasn't up to par at? I think Holloway can make the adjustments and win this fight. I'm taking I'm taking Max Holloway. Against my better judgment, I'm taking Max Holloway. Um, and that's why he did a little bit better the second time than the first time, correct? Yeah. He does a little bit better, he wins this fight. If he does a little bit better than he did last time, this time, if he makes that same progression again, he wins the fight. You know what? Tony says it best here, though. Uh, you know, Holloway likes to throw hands. He's going to need to mix it up with wrestling, and he won't do it. He won't do it. He he really didn't do it in the first fight. A little, a little bit in the second fight. Kicks, he can win like that, though. You don't think he can win that fight? A fight like that? With Volkanovski, I think he can win that fight if he can if he can neutralize the leg kick a little bit. And you don't think Holloway's been drilling that? Every time he gets a little better at that thing he's doing. Man, I and I'll tell you what. he I, I became a fan of this guy with you standing right next to me, Joe. 
watching oh. him fight uh, Cater. And that was He's one of the best, man. I love this guy. I love him to death. And listen, I mean, if you're going to stand and throw hands with anybody in this sport, you know, I, I got Holloway every time. Volkanovsky is a smart fighter. He knows how these things have progressively gone. Uh, I think Volkanovsky is more likely to to be the one to do something a little bit different. Um, as a, a, again, I love Max, but Max wants to bang. So let's agree. Let's let's agree on something. I mean, you've got Bryce Mitchell down there. Chigadze just struggled. Um, Brian Ortega is the next on the list behind these two. Look what they did to Brian Ortega and Jace's head. Yeah. Think about yeah. it. Yeah. Max Brutal. is so, Brutal. so good. The thing we agree on, Max is the only guy in the division that can beat this guy. I like Bryce. Jace, I like him as much as you do. I, I love that he was on your list of names you ought to know for the future. But if that's where we're going, number nine, Bryce Mitchell, because maybe – this is the only guy that can beat him. If Holloway doesn't get it done here, we're just going to watch Volkanovski smoke for four more fights before some before a Bryce Mitchell or someone of the of that type comes in and challenges him for his title. I I we we kind of as fans we need this to be Holloway too. Yeah. Oh, big time. Uh, Tony actually just commented and he sent me um, a video clip yesterday at the weigh-in. Volkanovski looks amazing and healthy and happy. Uh, Max Holloway looked absolutely drained and pale and miserable. He always looks like that. Holloway always looks like that. Even when he was at 155 with the Poirier, he still looked drained. And I'd rather I'd like... rather you not look like that at the yeah. weigh-in. He looks like that and he still comes out. But I, with all that being said... I'm going to go with Volkanovski. I've been talking about this forever. I, I just want to see him at lightweight. Close this chapter. Close this book. I mean, Josh Emmett, Bryce Mitchell, Chikadze, Ortega again. These aren't really, as much as I, I love these guys, dude, these aren't great fights. I'd like to watch Emmett all the way, but I don't think it's a great fight. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Uh, I think, I, I do think. I'm going Volkanovski here. I think if Volkanovski wins or if Holloway wins, I think this is not going to go the distance. I think someone's going to finish this fight. I think it's going to end differently than the other ones. But I'm going to go Volkanovski to get it done, put it to rest, everything, just just wrap it up and move on to lightweight because there's a lot of fun fights at lightweight for Volkanovski. And it's... I, I like Bryce Mitchell, but that's not a great fight for Volkanovski. Like you said, Jared, I, I mean, Chikadze took a step back. Cater, Emmett, like, these aren't really, really big fights. Or You're just going to have a bum of the month club situation, which is, I mean. Did you see those rugby the, highlights? This guy played at 215 and held every bit of it. I, I'm I'm with you, Jace. If you beat Holloway, you have to move up and then move up again and then move up again. This guy would shock at light heavyweight because he would be some of those guys on that list. Give me That's give me Volkanovski Vittori at 185. Hmm. Even 205, maybe. Can he get to light heavy? Yeah, it's uh this is this is a guy that that can absolutely make some noise. How old is this guy? Volkanovski could be 
uh, a greater Conor McGregor going up all these weight classes, defending them, being honorable. Conor McGregor went from featherweight all the way to 170 to fight Nate. So it's doable. And I think Volkanovski has the ability to do that. Catch weights. We saw it from Izzy. Yeah, if you're gonna if you're gonna make a stake like that in the game, that's how you have to do it. You've got a Chad Dawson, you've got a Andre Ward, you've got a Canelo, your way up to Bibble and, and Viterbi of it. Yeah. If you want if you want to get there, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I mean height, is that really the DC was five ten in, in the heavyweight champion of the world, so if anyone can get it done, I think it's Volkanovski. But uh, but going from the Aussie to the Kiwi, let's talk about the main event and Israel Adesanya against Eric Kennedy. Saturday night, the UFC returns to the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas for UFC 276, featuring middleweight champion Israel Adesanya and number two ranked challenger Jared Kennedy in the main event. Let's break it down. Jared Kennedy is 38 years old. He's 5'11 with a 77 and a half inch reach and a record of 15 and 5 with 10 knockouts and two submissions. From Dallas, Texas, Kennedy got his first exposure to MMA during combatives training in the U.S. Army while stationed in Alaska. He was discharged in 2011 for smoking marijuana and made his debut in Anchorage with a first round TKO. After amassing a record of 7 0 with six stoppages, he made his UFC debut in October of 2014, losing via first-round knockout to Sean Jordan. He bounced back after an 18-month layoff by stopping Cyril Asker with a series of punches and elbows and then moved down the light heavyweight, beating Ian Kudalaba at the Ultimate Fighter Tournament of Champions finale. He then lost three of his next four, dropping unanimous decisions to Glover Teixeira and Jan Blachowicz, followed by a first-round knockout to Dominic Reyes, getting dropped early with a vicious uppercut. Six months later, he dropped down to middleweight, dropping David Branch with a counter right and stopping him with ground and pound. Then on May 11, 2019, defeated faded legend Anderson Silva, stopping him in the first round with a devastating kick to Silva's right leg, which rendered him unable to continue. He followed it up with a second-round knockout of Jack Hermanson, catching the Joker with an uppercut followed by ground and pound. But then in October of 2020, he lost the unanimous decision of former champion Robert Whitaker, after a Whitaker kick in round one, broke Kennedy's arm, preventing him from mounting an effective offense. He bounced back the following year with a decision over perennial contender Kelvin Gastelum, and six months later, knocked out Derek Brunson with a series of brutal elbows to earn a number one ranking. An explosive and well-rounded counter-striker, Kennedy likes to employ feints and leg kicks to draw a reaction from his opponents in order to catch them with powerful uppercuts and right crosses. Israel Adesanya is 32 years old. He's 6'4 with an 80-inch reach and a record of 22-1 with 15 knockouts. From Lagos, Nigeria, he moved to New Zealand at the age of 10 and at 18 took up kickboxing, reamassed an amateur record of 32-0. Soon he began training at the famous City Kickboxing Gym alongside Dan Hooker and Alexander Volkanovsky and began competing in both professional boxing and kickboxing, compiling records of 5-1 and and 75-5 and respectively. He turned pro in MMA in 2012 with a first-round knockout, then won his first 11 fights by stoppage before finally retiring from kickboxing after being brutally knocked out by Alex Pereira. He made his UFC debut in 2017, knocking out Rob Wilkinson, 
with a flurry of knees and punches and three months later engaged in a close brawl with Marvin Vittori, edging him out with a split decision. Later that year, he knocked out Derek Bronson with a left hook and followed it up with a dominant decision over former champion Anderson Silva. On April 13, 2019, he fought Kevin Gastelum, winning the interim middleweight title after a brutal back-and-forth slugfest, and seven months later unified the title when he knocked out Robert Whitaker with a brutal counter-left hook in round two. After a convincing decision over Yoel Romero, we blew out number one contender Paulo Costa, controlling the distance with his jab and leg kicks and then stopping him with a vicious ground and pound. On March 6, 2021, he stepped up to light heavyweight, but despite being the heavy favorite, he was completely dominated by champion Jan Blachowicz, getting outstruck in the early rounds and then getting taken down multiple times in rounds four and five, losing by unanimous decision. He bounced back three months later with a wide unanimous decision victory over longtime rival Marvin Vittori and followed that up in February of 2022 with a close decision in a rematch with former champion Robert Whitaker. An exceptionally agile counter-striker, Adesanya is an excellent striker, setting up his opponents with feints and overwhelming them with a versatile array of strikes from all angles and has been steadily improving his grappling game, boasting a 77% takedown defense. Will the explosive power and relentless pressure of Canadier be enough to bring a middleweight gold? Or will the last style bender's awkward style and ability to control distance stifle the killer gorilla's offense as he continues to prove he's one of the best pound-for-pound fighters in the sport? Tune in Saturday night to UFC 276, Adesanya versus Cannoneer, and let's find out. All right, Joe, does the style bender's reign end here tonight? No. Now, Jared Cannonier um, is four and four against named fighters on his resume. One of those being Anderson Silva, who was seventy-four years old. Jared Cannonier, I, I just, I, I don't see it happening. I mean, you know, Jared Cannonier certainly has knockout power. Israel Adesanya is going to stand in the center of that ring. He's going to throw about nine punches each round, and I. I uh, my guess is Cannonier gets in too close. I think Cannonier is going to hit him at some point and, and decide to go all in, and he's going to eat a counter left, and it's going to be night-night time for Cannonier. Uh, he's – I don't think Jared Cannonier should should be fighting for a title coming off a defeat of Derek Brunson. I, I, don't, I don't even understand that logic. That, that makes no sense. And, again, this is sort of like with Volkanovsky. You know, look out, outside of Holloway. I mean, who 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 is there in this division to really challenge Adesanya? The man he lost to in kickboxing? Alex Alex. Who, who right. by the way, is also fighting tonight. Fighting Sean Strickland tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fight. We're not going to get there. He loses that fight, Jason. We're not going to get there. Unfortunately, and he's, he's going to lose that fight. But and he beat, and he beat him twice. Twice he beat his kickboxing. But Jared, are you going with your fellow Jared to get it done? No, no, I'm about as emphatic as Joe here. Cannonier can't. I mean, puncher's chance. Um, Izzy's one of the best in the game. I like the intrigue of that Alex fight, but uh, I think he loses to Strickland. And yeah, Joe, there just isn't much here. Whitaker, Cannonier, Pretoria. It's not, it's not in here. Oh, and one more thing. 
fastest guy. Glover Teixeira, Jan Blahovich, Dominic Reyes, Robert Whitaker. Who's the fastest guy? Dominic Reyes, the one that knocked him out. How much faster is Izzy than Dominic Reyes? This could be messy. This could be messy. First round stoppage. What's the what's the plus money on the first round? Yeah, I I listen. My only the only thing with Izzy is of late, he seems to just sit back and and let the fight come to him. That's the only caution I would have towards a first round knockout. But again, I think someone like Jared Cannonier is going to get really frustrated, get in too close, and and catch one of Izzy's great counters and it's going to be nighty night yeah Yeah. Uh, i will say as far as like 475 is he to stop him in round one plus 475 interesting but uh, i I will say as far as beating israel adesanya in the stand-up cannoneer has the the limited things you need to do that he's got the knockout power but it isn't like we haven't seen adesanya against guys who knock you out paulo costa yoel romero We've seen him against these power guys. and But we also saw with Whitaker, if you want to be that technical, if you want to try and do that, it's not going to work. Adesanya is too good on the feet. The, the times we've seen Adesanya struggle is when it gets to the ground game. So if somehow Jared Cannonier can pull out some wrestling, that's his best avenue for victory. But that's not going to happen. Uh, otherwise, like you said, Jared, puncher's chance. Uh, but yeah, I, I think it, Izzy's continuing. It's gonna be a, like we mentioned with Volkanovski. Adesanya tried to move up, it, he failed. So it's gonna be a bum of the month club here. We're gonna have the Cannoneers. We're gonna have the Stricklands. Even if Strickland beats Pereira, I'm sure. You know Pereira what? Real quick, to, to be fair, to be fair, he moved up and he didn't. He didn't put on weight. Yeah. And that was in hindsight really stupid. Strickland has the skill set to beat this guy. Yeah. Styles make fights, and that is the one of the guys in the division. I like Izzy better. I think Izzy's better. I think he probably wins. But as far as the skill set goes, the things Vittori did right, the things Blovish did right, Strickland does those things well. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, yeah, but I, I just—I mean, last time we were so—I mean, not necessarily last time, but we were super gung ho about. We were, all three of us were very high on Adesanya going into that Blahovich fight. We were shocked. So it's not outside the realm possibility, but I mean, Izzy's just too good. The honest, the best striker in the game right now. You could argue, for I will say. Yes, and for some reason, every clown in this division thinks it's wise to stand in the pocket with this guy. Stand, I don't, I don't understand that. Especially the guys that have other skills or aren't particularly good strikers. Why you would stand in front of Israel Adesanya? I, I, I can't for the life of me even understand it. A Colonel pops. A Colonel pops. Cannoneer. <laughs> right? Oh, finally got a nickname for this guy. A Colonel Pops. I love it. Jared, a Colonel Pops Cannoneer. Hell yeah. All right. It's the upward inflection. Man. That's All right. what it is. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We got some other fun fights on this card. We mentioned a couple, but 
Joe, what's your fight of the night? Uh, my fight of the night. Uh, well, put it to like this: there's a fight I'm I'm excited for, um, uh, and 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 it's uh, Sean O'Malley is fighting Pedro Munoz, and I think Sean O'Malley, uh, because Munoz is I think one of the ultimate gatekeeper types. Sean O'Malley is gonna have to do to Munoz what he has been doing to all these nobodies. Sean O'Malley's one shot was a failure. And so he's got to do something really cool here because all the hype behind this guy and the supreme confidence, he's got to start, he's got to, like, it's a big It's a big moment for him. Obviously, my two favorite fighters in all of MMA are Volkanovski and Holloway. So that that really is, for me, the fight of the night. Uh, bummed about Misha Tate uh, and Murphy not fighting because that would have been a really cool fight. Um, that was kind of one I was definitely looking forward to. But yeah, uh, I would honestly say the co-main event is the one I'm I'm most jazzed up about. All right, Jared, what you got? Um, I I just like this female. She's she's gritty and after it right now her name's macy barber uh she's fighting somebody who's been up at the top of the game before jessica i uh she's won two straight miranda maverick and montana de la rosa both um up and coming fighters um and i she's uh three what is this three four four out of her last five are losses um but again shevchenko Calvillo, Joanne Wood, Jennifer Maya, good, solid on position at the top of the game. Um, beat Rose Clark, lost to Misha Tate, beat Leslie Smith, somebody who's been in it. And I think Macy Barber is going to stamp, put her, set, put notice to the division that she's here in this fight. This is, uh, this is her time to shine. Macy Barber beats Jessica I and should be a great fight. On the prelims, she's just cracked the top fifteen, and she may make it into the top ten after she beats I. Yeah, you know it's funny. Um, the future is her nickname, and in 2020, she lost a tough decision to Roxanne Modafferi, and it really seemed to set Barber back. Um, when you give yourself the nickname the future, it can rub some people the wrong way. Uh, right. She lost her next fight uh, uh, about a year later and had to really refocus. She beat the crap out of Miranda Maverick. It was a split decision, but it, she she definitely uh, uh, outfought her in that fight. Won her last fight again. In and yeah, you know this this a talented young lady. Uh, her confidence got a little bit shattered. I think she's back on track. She's a great fighter, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and, and a hell of a striker. Uh, has a couple of knockouts to her credit. Five five of her 12 wins are by knockout. Hmm. You know, she, this this young lady is special. And I'll tell you what, Jared, I think, I think again, when, 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 when people lose, you can go one of two ways, and she sunk. Big time, uh, then lost again, and people were kind of questioning what was next for Macy Barber. 
uh, back in a big way. And still, because she's so young, she could sort of afford to drop off a little bit. And now that she's back, well, she's still only 24 years old. You yeah. see um, NFL teams that are that are looking at that undefeated record. Sometimes you'll hear people say, get that out of the way, get that off the table so we can focus. And sometimes losses are a good thing. Um, that said, I totally agree. You can watch somebody and kind of figure out from the end of the fight to the beginning of their next fight what kind of transitions they've made. I don't expect Tiafimo Lopez to get better. Because he doesn't look or sound like somebody who's going to go get better. And Barbara did. She was devastated. She went behind closed doors and she got better. And she looks better. And now she is a tenacious fighter. And Jessica I, she's, yeah, this is gatekeeper stuff. 35 years old, 15 and 10. Yeah, so go out there, Barbara. Put on a show and become the future. Yeah. Maisie Barber, after her UFC debut, said she was coming for John Jones' youngest ever champion record. And, I mean, at the time, that's what it looked like. But, uh, do you know what that number is? I do not. I can look that up right now. But, I mean, she, like you mentioned, it, a lot, especially, I think, in MMA in in general, because you're, you're – or at least the UFC, because you are fighting these best guys uh, – the best guys, the best of the best, you're going to have these early losses. And, yeah, you need to go to the drawing board, figure out what you're going to do, and retool, come back. And that's why all some of these best guys, like the Charles Oliveira, look at how, how much he struggled before eventually getting to the championship. you you got to make the adjustments, and that's the thing with MMA. It's always adapting. It's always uh, growing. So – you're going to have to constantly make adjustments and, and change really who you are. Look at even like a guy like Glover DeShera. He was known for his boxing. Then once he gets older, he, he's able to uh, adjust, go more for the BJJ uh, game, and look where he's at now, you know? So uh, a former champion, but and it, that was a great fight between him and uh, Prohaska too, so. You, you got to constantly adapt, overcome, and move on. John Jones was 24, so she still might have. She could. No. no. <laughs> but, she uh, yeah. But, uh, all right. Uh, for, for me, I think the the fight of the night is it, it's even money. Uh, Robbie Lawler, Bri Brian Barbarena. I, both these guys love to throw. Both these guys love to bang. They're just going to be standing. It's going to be some rock em, sock em robots in there. Yeah. One of and, those guys uh, is going to the top 50. Huh? Oh, one of those guys is going to end up in the top 50 after this fight. Yeah. No, it should be exciting. It's a, it's a great fight of the night pick. Yeah. And not necessarily world beaters anyway, but uh, yeah. Shout out to Nobzo. Talked about the Pereira fight. That one should, should be interesting. Good. Real, real, real first, real tough test as far as like MMA goes with Strickland. I'd imagine Strickland's going to try and wrestle him, but uh, when we've seen from the, the highlights we saw, Pereira has that knockout power as he's not put easy to sleep. 
Uh, I, funny uh, guy in the top right looks extremely focused. I was just reading um because uh, I remember seeing something. M- M- uh, Macy Barber's dad's an idiot. Um, and tended to run his mouth. He he after the the Montefiore fight, he was running his mouth, and 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 she sort of cut dad out a little bit of. Of of her career uh, and has put her career into the hands of Uriah Faber, which is a much much better decision, and that's the big reason for the turnaround. And I was just verifying that information before I said it out loud. Yeah, I mean, look at look at the guys who have been mentored by Mariah Faber and where they've got. I mean, uh, T.J. Dillashaw before they had their fallout. Cody Garbrandt was a champion at the time. At one point in time, Misha Tate, also an alpha male guy now, Macy Barber. So that's a good person to put you, put your faith in. Especially uh, when your dad's an idiot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, helps make the decision a lot easier, you know? Yep. But uh, all right, Jared, talking about Macy Barber. She's going to help us make some money tonight. Oh, yeah. Pair her up with Jim Miller. You end up with even money. Minus 180, minus 280. Macy Barber, Jim Miller over Donald Cerrone. Macy Barber over Jessica I. Pair them together on the parlay. You end up with even money. I think it was 25 wins, 27 or so. And I really like that. I I think these are, they're both fighting aged, not that Jim Miller's not aged. But they're both fighting aged fighters on their way out that are, I don't think can get a win against anybody on the staff at this point. Uh, I, I, the only thing, every time you put, the, the past couple times you put Lozon up there and the fight's falling through, maybe Jim Miller will, I, I don't know. But I mean, hopefully we can see Cowboy fight. Oh yeah, with the low numbers he's getting, I I would need I would need plus two eighty plus three eighty to to go with Cowboy. It's he's shot fighter, and I hate to say that because I I was a huge fan. Of yeah, his, dude. I mean, that last uh, run he made, I still am a fan of the person, but the fighter is not not what he was. A shadow of himself. I I will say I do like the matchup as far as like him for Cerrone against Jim Miller than I do. Joe Lozon, but yeah, I think either way, yeah, you're right. I and I, I, I can't. Thank you, Tony. Macy Barber, Thug Rose. Watch the Mickey Ward story. Study up on Mickey Ward, and then get your family members out of your corner. That is not helpful. Every one of Mickey Ward's losses, just about all of them, can be attributed to this. Uh, poverty and and this dynamic that if you fight, everybody gets paid and everybody eats, and all those other people are your family members. So saying no, this this fight is no longer in my best interest goes off the table. Thug Rose, click. Oh, I need to go out and try to try to really hurt Carla if I want to win this fight, and it never clicked. Why? Because the person you live with day in and day out is also your trainer. He's doubling as that, and you guys had a plan. And I have a plan unless I see it and tell my wife, deviate from the plan. We worked out a plan. We're going to stick to that plan. We're husband and wife. That's what we're supposed to do. That's why I wouldn't corner her up to a certain point. Like, you know, the UFC. 
get your family out of your corners, they will lead you to losses. Amanda Serrano was some idiot standing next to her at every fight. Was some complete garbage human being standing in her pocket. Yeah, get him out of there, all of you. Macy Barber, get them out of your corner. Thug Rose, he doesn't go there. When you go home after that close loss and you need to cuddle and cry a little bit, awesome, husband time. You need to retain your title in the UFC and you're going back to the corner between rounds, not husband time. No, no, because you lose two or three rounds and you skip to cuddle and cry. And it doesn't make any sense up here. <laughs> Get your family out of your corner. You're welcome. All right. Yeah. I mean, watch watch the movie The Fighter that, that about Mickey Ward. Exactly what that's about. But uh, all right. That, that's gonna and he be became a champion when he did that. Yeah. But uh, all right, that's going to do it as far as fights go. But uh, we're not done yet. Jared, hit us with that flurry. Um, is this real life? Whew, last weekend after the show on Saturday, I went to see some fireworks. Um, and at one point, my wife was screaming for help at the top of her lungs. Nobody came to help. Are you guys familiar with camera person desensitization? See, in the beginning, we had just a few cameras. And we came to find out that the people holding them would have this psychological effect where they were removed and watching it with everyone else almost as a television show. I'm sure you guys at one point or another have come across a clip of a camera person being stabbed or shot because they're way too close to the action and desensitized to the fact that they are a human being and these are human beings in front of them. Camera person desensitization, when it was only a few of us, there was research studies on it. Are you guys familiar with Hawthorne's effect? The Hawthorne effect, this guy decided that he wanted to study his factory and if the worker's productivity was affected by the light. So he turned up the light, turned down the light, and then monitor their production. And what happened is the production went up during the study when the workers were being monitored and production went down after they stopped monitoring the workers. And in psychology, the Hawthorne Company, whatever it is they were doing there, so we picked that up as the name Hawthorne Effect, is what happens to someone when they realize they're on camera. That change, we've all felt the Hawthorne Effect. Somebody pulls out a camera and things change for you and inside of you. You're being watched and you're being recorded. And this is a forever thing and it changes the effect on you when it was only a few people. We had research studies on this. Third and final part. Have you ever heard of Kitty Genovese? Come on, Joe. Uh, yeah, I know the name. Uh, it's not. It's not clicking. It's a case in New York about the bystander effect. 
Ah, yeah, 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 all right. Woman raped in the street, screaming for help and no one helping her. No one directly involved. They say, if you're being raped, you should scream fire because it involves those other people. You scream rape, I'm gonna, I'm gonna come and try to help you. If you scream help, I'm gonna try to help you. If you scream fire, I'm gonna try to help you because I'm a human being. And people get to standing behind their cameras and in front of their cameras, and everything is a flipping television show. There were hundreds of people there. And when they stopped, everybody tried to get out at the same time and there's no event staff, there's no security, there's nobody there. I've got a five month old baby behind me over here. My wife in between him and my toddler, my two and a half year old, and my 15 year old daughter sitting behind me or sitting in, next to me in the passenger seat. And I'm pulling up and this guy got so close, I thought he was gonna hit the car, started yelling at, at us right up next to the car and having post-traumatic stress disorder i did this animalistic thing of put myself between the threat and my family and i went and stood in front of his car and pulled my phone out i told my wife lock the doors when that car moves you follow them and went and stood between the two cars and when i did that he opened his door hit our car with his car door closed his door, came over and shoved me with both hands. And when I say this guy was probably 6'4", 260, I'm not saying that for the show or for dramatic effect. He may have been bigger than that. And when I punched him, he just, I'm surprised he didn't fall, a uh, good chin on the guy. But he just rocked back and forth and I started yelling at him. Your whole life has been an illusion up to this point. You're this big, tough, angry guy, and the people you push, they go away, and they back down, and you've spent your whole life thinking you're tough. Right now, reality check. We get to find out if you're tough. Come on, big fella. And he just rocked back and forth, and his face started bleeding. And what I didn't realize while I was screaming at this guy because I was in that other place is that my wife was standing in between us, screaming for somebody to help. And when she did that, when she stopped screaming at me and started screaming at everyone else, almost like coming out of a dream, I realized like I could be considered the threat at that point. And there's probably people on their way over here. And when I turned and looked, I saw what I see when I'm in the ring, guys. Spectators. Camera person desensitization. Hawthorne effect and Kitty Genovese. That's what our world's turning into. There was a time you could scream for help and people would try to help you. Other human beings would try to help you. She said, I'm a hundred pounds and I'm standing between two guys that are about to fight. I don't stand a chance here. Somebody please help me. Will anybody come and help me? Nothing, nothing. I looked up, I saw phones and space and not for nothing this guy was twice my size and like waking from a dream i looked back at my wife and she said honey please go get me and when she appealed back to my help for my help and i heard her after asking for help and there's nobody there to help i went and got in the car and this old man just kind of swayed back and forth and 
you know, started talking after I left. But uh, I, I, there were so many things at play there. And, you know, teachable moment for my daughter, there's not always going to be help. What happens if I don't hit that guy? What happens if he keeps coming? There's not always going to be somebody there. There's not always going to be time to call 911. And that guy needed to be needed to be checked. And then the other side, you can put her in all of these different shoes and tr try to use it as a teachable moment when you hear someone screaming for help. Are we that lost as a society that we just hide behind our phones for the television show for somebody else while people scream for help? What if we had both been trying to rip Erica's clothes off? Nobody, not one person, hundreds of people stood there and watched while my wife screamed for help. I'm not raising my family like that. There comes a time to put down your phones. This is real life. And it scares me because what if I didn't go to the fireworks with my family? And that man got out and tried to hurt my family and I wasn't there to protect them. Trin's got a pretty good rear naked choke and Erica can punch a little bit, but I didn't knock that guy over. I hit him with a good eight as hard as I could without breaking my hand is what I thought in my head. With a surgically repaired right foot, right after I thought him, I thought hit him, I thought six more points of contact. Don't use that one again if you can't use your foot. Screaming for help. What chance do we have if this is who we're becoming? I'm just sad what it says about humanity that a man that size could swell up on my wife and I in front of hundreds of people while she screams for help. And that if I'm not there to protect them by myself, they are completely unprotected in a situation like that. Hey, Hebron Lions, get some security or some event staff for your fireworks. I heard somebody died there in 2019, blew themselves up. A couple of people were arrested in, 20, in 2019. And this is this is your 2022 fireworks show. Some old man, some drunk, terribly intoxicated giant of an old man, you know, ended up with a with a knot and a scary situation for my kids. So please, Apron Lions, get some get some security for your fireworks. She was screaming in an alley, and everyone just closed her window. This is Kitty Genovese's talking about. There were 43 witnesses or something like that. People that either heard the screams or saw the woman being dragged by the guy with the knife down the street. Is this what we've all turned into? Have we all become that because of our flipping cell phones? We can turn on our cell phone and go live and not even be there. It's funny. You see people, they're about to get in a fight. And the one that doesn't realize reality the younger kid, the 20-year-old, pulls out their phone and the other person smacks it out of their hand. 
and keeps coming. And that look on their face of shock and awe. Oh my God, this is real life. It's not on camera and other people aren't watching and I'm just here and I'm about to get beat up. It's this reality that people go through their whole lives without ever encountering. That guy was probably in his 50s. Have you ever been stood up to before in your life? Both sides of that, there's not enough. There's not enough. And we need scrub scraps. It teaches that lesson from both sides and lets you know what you're capable of. So that big guy doesn't think he's such a badass. And that group of dudes in the truck know that they can help. Yeah. It's one of the answers to this shit. I want to ask you a question based off that, Jared. Is UFC a little bit to blame for people just sitting there and watching and not really doing anything? With the popularity in that, they see fights every weekend. Could that – not everyone understands the arts of the mixed martial arts. There are people that – that's just two people trying to knock each other's head off and kill each other. Well, and I think that's the issue, and that's what's – that's the – the um, the – the, what Scrub Scraps is trying to bridge, yeah, you know, is that is that you have this idea that, you know, anybody could do that. Ah, if I just catch caught him the right way, that these somehow aren't professional athletes. That that Izzy wouldn't whoop your ass in fighting as bad as Michael Jordan would whoop you in baseball. Nobody wants to go up and see a, a Ramirez fastball. You know, but people think that if I if I just caught Tyson Fury right. I don't know why it is like that in boxing, but the this, this skills and the stuff that you get from the game, at this point, it makes you a superhuman, like a superhero. It makes you something different because the rest of the population is sliding off the end of this and doesn't understand real life scenarios like that. I could not believe there was not a single person in that crowd that said, is everything okay over there? Not one. And yeah, I don't necessarily blame UFC, but there is a gap between all the people involved in it that know all of these things and all of the 6'5", 260 guys that need a good right hand to check themselves. <laughs> but uh, I, wow. thank you for that story there, Jared. I mean, people do got to realize, I mean, yeah, everyone is tech- Technology only making us worse, yeah. But uh, all right, that's gonna do it for the show today. We shout out to Clovercrest Media for sponsoring today's episode. Make sure you check out clovercrestmedia.com for more information about this podcast and a bunch of other great podcasts as well. Big shout out to Andy Mac, uh, Chris Sawyer, Andy Mac Home Mortgage, uh, Shamrock Home Inspection, and Mosquito Shield for sponsoring today's episode. Enjoy the fights tonight, and we'll see you next week to break them down and talk about even more fights. So we'll see you then. Take care, everyone. Throwing jabs, always full sand. Here we go again. Jared, Joe, and Jay's Clover Crest. Top three corner man. Punching in with a punch's chance. We find a way to win. The main event, lock it in. Every Saturday at 10, the overhand is out of hand. When it comes to fisticuffs, slide a hand on the undercard. You'll never see the punch. Uppercut, got you missing wave. Feet are stepping late. Keep your guard up, feeling faint from a faint. Take a stand and eight, then retaliate. Put up your duke, stick and move. Bob and wave. Don't lose hope against the ropes. There's always an escape. Never stay down. One more round, bells ringing. Counter. 
a punch with your chin tucked and go down swinging. We bringing crosses with no worship, hooks with no verses, combinations with no locks. When you feel the flurry, it's curtains from scrub scraps to fight stats. Relax if you want the facts, because the best combat podcast is throwing jabs. Hello, my name is Joe Aguirre. I'm the president of Clovercrest Media Group. And here at CMG, we have a wide variety of podcasts, including sports shows like Keys to the City, The Roll Call, Throwing Jabs, All Four Downs, and Jawing About the G-Men. And great true crime shows like Sticky Week, Crimes and Consequences, Ivy League Murders, and Burn, The Unsolved Murder of David Eichmann. You can find all these podcasts and so much more by visiting clovercrestmedia.com.